All right, you know him as Mike Giardi, the Boston Sports Journal. I know him as a gambling man because I am a gambling man <laughs> as we sit here on the Pats Interference Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And it's not because we are putting our money on the Patriots or any other NFL team. It is because we are putting our time on the line. It is 4.30 Monday night, Black Monday, as it's known in the NFL, Bill Belichick's job, very much in the air. So as we record, we are running the danger of some sort of announcement, even though our good mutual friend Tommy Curran says do not expect an announcement here today regarding Belichick. Instead, what we have is a lot from Bill in his morning press conference. We have nuggets from you, a state of the locker room, and basically anything but that wretched 17-3 snowy snooze fest against the Jets, which will go down in the history books. I don't have to write them, and neither do you. So let's talk about Bill Belichick, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So here's the latest. Again, 435, now 436. Monday night, this is where things stand. No announcement yet. Silence from the crafts. Bill Belichick's comments, uh, of all of them, there were two that were notable. We'll get to those in a second. In the meantime, Atlanta, which fired Arthur Smith overnight, is reportedly interested in hiring or at least interviewing Bill Belichick, according to Diana Rossini of The Athletic. Mike Vrabel, meanwhile, in Tennessee, according to Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report, would have interest in coming back to New England if he's let go by the Titans, who also are weighing their future with Vrabel, according to multiple reports. Uh, Scott Zolak today on Zolak and Bertrand hinted that he doesn't believe the meeting between Bill and Kraft today. So maybe maybe we're making the like minus 10,000 <laughs> bet just by recording, but we're, we're gambling anyway. We're gambling men. Anything to add to all of that? I'm not surprised the Vrabel stuff starting to pick up some steam. If you look at the way the Titans have played over the last year and change, like, the, I mean, it's a bad roster, which is in part why John Robinson's not there anymore. But I think Mike th- thought he was going to have someone else to run the program with, and instead Rand Carthon was sort of foisted upon him. Uh, I think so that's sort of an arranged marriage, and I think Mike's like, wait a minute, what are, what are we doing here? And then for it to continue to go in the direction that it's gone, it does make you wonder. And then, you, of course, you have the whatever it was two, two and a half months ago where Vrabel is in Foxborough to get his red jacket. Now, look, I don't know this. You don't know this. But, I mean, if we're just going to speculate a little bit, chances are Robert, Jonathan, Mike were in a room together at some point. Maybe just talking about life, the kids, everything, having a beer. <laughs> And then maybe the question came up, how's it going in Tennessee? And I don't know. You know, you just – it's hard not to put those two together. I, they'll have to deny it because, again, if they didn't deny it and it were to come out, then that's tampering. And we know there can be big, big penalties for that. But, I mean, what are we doing? Hey, look, you, you put the label on the front end. You let the people know this is speculation. You can say whatever you want. Okay, Mike, you <laughs> yes. already so that that is welcome here in the podcast. You just be yeah. honest with the folks listening. This is not hard reporting. Uh, I would imagine too that their conversation was not dominated by the Hall of Fame or Travis Kelsey or Taylor Swift at the time when he came back in, in mid October. Um, but I think that is a, a, a fair to speculate. And Mike Vrabel, you know, again, it, it's not even so much. Oh, Bill suddenly vulnerable. Maybe he wants to come back. Like things aren't so great in Tennessee, and that arranged marriage, as you said, has gone south. And so um, we'll see. All right, I mentioned Belichick's press conference. That is really why we're here today, because I don't know what you expected at 7.30 when this press conference started a couple of minutes late, as it wants to do, but that's fine. Um, Bill opens with an opening statement, and typically the end-of-the-season pressers are pretty good as far as insight 
and honesty in his willingness to go on a variety of different topics. Today was pretty tight-lipped, I thought, initially, and then reread the transcript. And I was right, with two exceptions. And here was number one. This from his opening statement, after six sentences reflecting on the season, Belichick says, quote, So, I'm under contract. Do what I always do, which is every day I come in and work as hard as I can to help the team in whatever way I can. And boom, or snap, or bam, Bill breaks a cardinal rule of his own media playbook by not only discussing contracts, but his contracts, which to my knowledge, and you have, you know, a lot more hair, uh, a lot longer <laughs> tenured, a lot bigger brain to go back in the memory bank right. for when Bill has spoken generally. I had never, ever, ever heard him say anything about his contract. And in fact, a couple of months ago, when asked about this in WEI, he says, quote, yeah, I'm not talking about that. So this was by Belichick press conference standards, uh, a bomb that he dropped. I, when I heard it, the first thing that came across my mind was other than the wow factor. And as you said, you go back into the recesses of your mind. I'm like, he's never talked about this before. In fact, the only time I really remember him addressing a contract thing was, of course, the Brady when they drafted Garoppolo. We all know about Tom's age and contract situation. Generally, those he just he won't go there. And to me, that it triggered in my mind. He's drawing the battle lines. If you think this was going to be easy, if you think you were going to do, Mr. Kraft. Robert, Jonathan, that you were going to push me in a certain direction and we we're going to have this elegant solution. Yeah, no. The elegant solution would be you pay me what you owe me and we'll figure this out in some way, shape or form, whether that's me staying or going. But like, I'm letting you know, I have the leverage. You think you do, but I have the leverage. I have a year on my contract. You got to pay me. Okay, I would... And I might later tonight on TV very strongly debate the leverage point. But I, but I just okay. want to stay with the quote because, again, him saying I'm under contract is not necessarily new information. It's been reported he's under contract through next season. And so that's not new. But him proclaiming that to me, obviously, again, early in his opening statement to say I'm under contract is a strategic type of desperation. Because to your point, this is him saying do it. Go ahead. Fire me. I'm not going anywhere. You are going to have to pick me up like the kid who is leaving the birthday party at the bowling alley and still wants to go to the claw one more time and holds on to that as his mom's pulling him away and screaming because Bill just wants to play the claw one more time. He wants to go back. He wants to rebuild the team, as he put it, reconstruction today here, by the way. And I do think those battle lines were drawn in a way. Now, if I'm Belichick and I see what I would describe as some favorable craft reporting the last couple of months or stories come out or things get leaked. Obviously things are going to be pent up and I'm going to make a move. And I would take the same opportunities he did to make this move. Were you surprised that it stopped there or he didn't open up except for one thing, which we'll get to in a second. Like what now that you've had more time to digest. Do you think he should have said more or is this enough? No, I think it was enough. I think it was just sort of like the opening salvo in this whole process that we're going to have mm -hmm. here that I know, you know, I've been saying all along, like, I mean, I, th I think it should be over. I've, I've said that. I've been on record. I wrote about it. I've talked about it, um, whatever. But to me, it's like do it or don't, but just pick one and, and like do it. So you can, and this isn't just about like me covering it and like keeping us in waiting. Like you're at a pretty fragile state from an organizational standpoint. What direction are you going to go? Are you going to try to bring the band back together. I mean, we've heard our boy Mike Reese bring it like McDaniels and Ziegler. I'm like, why not we just invite everybody back? Dimitrov, Pioli, like 
Charlie Weiss is available. I mean, he could Denver consult. Carnival. Like Con Candy, yeah, right. we'll bring the claw right. I just referenced. We'll do yeah. like, you know, it's like, like all those games. Or are you going to take a new direction? And is that direction cleansing this thing completely, blowing it all out and starting with fresh ideas? And, and quite frankly, having Robert and Jonathan get uncomfortable because even though the relationship with Bill is difficult because Bill's difficult, you at least knew you could predict how it was going to go every time you dealt with him. Like, he's going to be gruff. It's going to go this way. He's going to want this. He doesn't want that. Do you want to step outside that comfort zone and hire someone from a different program with different ideas that you're not used to and bring in a GM that you don't know? All these different things that would have to happen. And if, if you're especially if you're going to go that way, like I want to start that thing right away. Like I, I want to I want to know I want to get those people in the building and I want to start laying the groundwork for what is going to be a new foundation to the franchise. And the longer it you wait on it, I just think it. You know, we're already seeing names fly off or not fly off the board, but already people are being requested for interviews, talking to other people. Adam Peters is a name we've all thrown around. San Francisco, well-respected, has some roots here, right? He's already got requests to talk. And it's like the longer you delay the process, is Adam Peters going to wait? Is he, is he going to sit around and wait for you when there's five other jobs? And again, there's only 32 GM jobs. There's only 32 head coaching jobs. It's not like they're out there all the time. You can just, I'll pick this one or I'll wait for this one. No, like eventually if you want to run your own program, you want it to happen. You want it to happen soon. I'm glad you brought up Adam Peters because I've made this joke in this podcast before that if I'm searching for anything and I'm in and around the NFL, I have to list Ben Johnson's name first. Like if my toilet breaks and I need a plumber, well, I should call Ben Johnson. Obviously he can fix this. And I'm just thinking like if Ben Johnson, and Adam Peters, Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, Adam Peters, high up in the 49ers front office, started an expansion team. And I don't even tell you who's on the roster. Are, is everyone giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're like 8-8 yes. eight and eight pushing for a wild card spot? Their stocks publicly have never been higher. Granted, I don't think we should spend much time on them because I don't think either of them are coming to New England. But Nor to I. your point, the question becomes, okay, why wait? And I think there are a few different reasons for this. Um, now, number one, when I to answer my own question about should Bill have said more, I don't think so. I think he said exactly enough to get his point across. I'm not going anywhere. I want to be here. I'm going to make it known that I want to be here. And that's that. So if Robert quick still wants – Just can I get quick like, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in covering this man for 24 years, um, especially in the last whatever, call it the last 10 years – he occasionally will slip up. I think occasionally he'll say something in a press conference and you can see he's either, he tries to reel it back in. He talking about Mac, whatever it was a few, we tried to let him work, the, you know, like whatever he was going to say, work through his problems or, but you know, he, he, I didn't want to do it, but generally there are so few of those that happen a year that I had, I've said this before. I admire his consistency and his inability to uh, his ability to not say anything or like just slip that one thing in there. Like it's all, I think it's all very calculated. So I think he knew, you know, I, this is the outline of what I'm going to say. And I'm, that's it. I'm just going to lift this one thing. I'm going to put this one thing on the table and then I'm going to just leave it there. And you guys can do what you want, but I'm going to put a little pressure on the guys above me to make a decision. Well, I'm, I'm glad you repeated that because I, I think, you know, some folks would push back on this. Oh, it's media drama. They're like pulling small things out that aren't really there. And I would say, again, you know, know the man that you're rooting for. Study what he does and how consistent he is in how historically he's not said anything he doesn't want to. He's the most disciplined interviewee I've ever come across, I've ever seen. He says what he wants to and that's that. 
And so when it's in the opening statement, which he's thought about, Michael Holly has written in his books that Bill would take 10 to 15 minutes or every press conference. And I can't vouch that he continues to do this, but I would imagine he did this today to go through what am I going to be asked? What do I want to get across? What do I want to say? This, hey, I'm here. I'm obligated to be here was number one on what do I want to get across? Now, the next question is, okay, so what's what's taking so long? If the crafts want to move on, Bill wants to stay, why not just fire him? Well, there's the whole ceremony of it, right? Like to honor the history of the last 24 years, six Super Bowls, 13 AFC Championship games, whoever division title and number of division titles, like you want to do it the right way. Now, if Belichick says, as I think he, the undertones here expressed, I'm not, I'm not doing mutual parting of the ways. There's nothing mutual yeah. about this. I want to stay, and that's that. And Robert tries to massage it, and it doesn't work. Well, then you go, okay, can we trade you? No. Because, and this has been brought up to me, and I can't vouch for this again, but it's worth wondering, if he has a no-trade clause in his contract, when they redid it last year, that ends that. And now you're at the point of, okay, we either have to fire you or you come back. And that's why I think this takes time. I don't know if Robert's tried to massage it, but it seems clear to me with these undertones He's not interested in the mutual parting of the ways. It's going to be ugly. And now it's on the crafts, as everyone knows, if he does exit. And probably is not interested in a trade either. Not to mention his market, as we ran down, might be Atlanta, Dallas, which we can talk about later. And then nobody else. Yeah. Well, how about, how about, how about Nashville? (laughs) No, how about Nashville? Okay. I believe, I believe... He has a place in Nashville or maybe in the area. So not a stretch to say like he's familiar with the area. Clearly must like the area a little bit to, to have invested some money into to that area. Um, I don't know. Like you just start to Amy Strunk like that. That There's a lot of things that would have to happen. The <laughs> Rand Carthen thing probably would not work or Rand would just have to lose we're propping you up, but he's, he's going to do what he does for the next three years and you either have to go along for the ride or, or whatever. But you start to think about different options or places that need to make a splash. And despite the record, there is still, I think that's why, you know, one of the reasons why Atlanta would be interested in him, like hard to sell that team in that market. Bill Belichick, the one who gave us the worst, Lost the thing that's hung on our, going to be hung on our graves forever. Arthur Blank is going to look at 28-3 for the rest of his life. What if I got Bill in here? What if Bill turned the program around? What if Bill still has a little magic in him and, you know, takes us back to that place and this time we win it? I, you know, I don't know. There's, I think there are enough people, even though these, these people are really rich and really smart, I think when it comes to football, I think a lot of them don't know what the hell they're doing and they do things – Bill Belichick, not looking at what happened over the last four and a half seasons, not looking at how he builds his team, not looking at the way he treats people, way he's going to treat that owner eventually, <laughs> if not right away. Like, I, I think that comes into play. So it's sad to say, but we all knew this was coming. The Patriots season is over. Then again, the NFL playoffs are here, and you can still win on your own at America's number one sports book, FanDuel. FanDuel right now is offering new customers $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $150 waiting, wanting for you at FanDuel. All in bonus bets, win or lose. The FanDuel app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Believe it, I've used it. Celtics games all the time. 
You can also find new bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and lots, lots more money line, point spread, you name it. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org slash chat in Connecticut and Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas in Louisiana, that's 1-877-770-STOP. Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net or call 1-800-522-4700. In Wyoming, hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. So the Falcons example uh, maybe laugh and we'll transition to the second thing that he said today because that's also you know you could argue is equally notable because the the leverage he would have and let's say this is uh, him talking to the, the part of Robert that wants him to stay versus the part of Robert that thinks he should go is okay I'll be flexible I'll change this is like the last pitch before any breakup I'll do whatever you say you want I'll stop smoking I'll you know come home early or whatever it is right. and who knows if that's true deals with personnel but the idea that he would go to Atlanta after he broke that franchise with Tom Brady over his knee in the Super Bowl reminds me of the Thanos meme and quote, uh, you could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you back to me? Just has to be said. I mean, like that, he, he's going to have a joke if he goes down there in the opening press conference of like, a lot did of history you just like, here. Did you just like, wait, did, we, we won't talk like, about him. Is that Marvel? Did you just nerd out with Marvel stuff on did, me on the I podcast? Did, I, I, right apropos now? though, no, I mean, it's nerdy. It's very nerdy. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> just just putting it out there. Hey, Buckhead's beautiful, too. Just saying. Like, Atlanta, what's the draw? Buckhead's really nice. Okay, let's Downtown not Atlanta. talk about Buckhead like everyone just said, what the buck is Buckhead? <laughs> <laughs> Buckhead, it's it's Atlanta. It's a really nice place in Atlanta area. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm educating the people. Why would he want to go to Atlanta? Nerd. Okay. Uh, moving on from the Marvel and to Buck- the second thing that he said, the personnel control. Here's the other quote. Yes. And this was not in the opening statement. I do think, that's my personal belief, this was also intentional. Again, he's deliberate, he's dispassionate, and he's disciplined. Keep that in mind every time he's at the podium. Quote, uh, when asked about, would you relinquish personnel control? Yeah, look, I'm for whatever collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team. Which, yes, is a variation of just, we did what we thought was best for the football team. Collectively, though, is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Do you do you buy that first of all that he would relinquish personal control to stay? Uh, yes, but I think it would have to come with. Well, I shouldn't say definitively. Yes, I think he could be convinced of it, but I think it would have to be one of his acolytes, which I am totally against. Like because I'll say this a million times. I don't care. Pick a name. John Robinson, Dimitrov, Pioli, 
Ziegler in some way, shape, or form, to some degrees, like really high, they owe Bill Belichick. They Bill Belichick made them. His success rubbed off on them, and they for, therefore they were able to get jobs elsewhere running their own programs. And by the way, none of those guys, I guess Thomas had the one year in the Super Bowl, and then it went downhill. John built a playoff team, and then all of a sudden stopped being able to draft, and they went in the tank, and now that roster is in complete shambles. Um, I mean, they might have a quarterback, so maybe they're in a little bit better shape than the Patriots are, but it's minute. I, I don't think any one of those guys could come in here, and Robert Kraft could say, Bill, you're answering, or he's he's in charge. He's going to pick, and you're going to coach. You really think they're all going to be deferential to Bill? I just – I'm sorry, I just don't believe that that's the case. I believe that Bill intimidates the crap out of a lot of people, and I don't think those people are any different. And so you can come back here with the best intentions that they're going to run the program and you're just going to coach the players that we pick. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be like, well, Bill, I'm thinking about this guy. Yeah, I don't like that guy. But you know what? <laughs> My friend Urban Meyer coached this guy in Florida, and he says, you know, like, so I just – he's 71 years old. Andrew, he's going to be 72 years old before the next season starts. I'm not that age. He's got me by a bit. I don't want to change. I hate change. Uh, and I think that most people, as they get older, are less embracing of change than, hey, when I'm 25, you say, hey, you know, maybe you should try. I was a writer. Maybe you should try TV. Well, OK, I'll give it a whirl. I did it for 25 years. Now I'm back to doing this other thing. But like. Go back to the other thing, kind of difficult to get my head and brain wrapped around it. And I think he's been doing it for 20-some-odd years longer, 50 years in the NFL or about to be. Like, he wants to do it his way. In his mind, his way works all the time. And you saddle me with Mac Jones, you did this, you did that, and now all of a sudden I can't coach? Now, please, I can coach. Give me a semi-decent, semi-competent quarterback, and I'll be right back where I always was, on top. Well, I had a next question, and now I don't think I could ask it, which is why, why could this work? Because let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm with you, and that I think people hear this sentiment from him. Again, I'll read it one more time. Yeah, look, I'm for whatever collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team, and that was in response to a question about, hey, would you give up personnel control? If he's telling the truth there, and that would include handing over the keys to the front office, you know, it does sound like an olive branch. It does sound like the simplest solution available to the crafts that you keep the greatest coach of all time and you remove his weaknesses with roster building, which are just self-evident at this point. Forget the 29 and 38 record. Just look at the draft. Look at the last three free agent classes. And then someone else does a better job and he looks like a better coach and we move on. Except what you just said, how actionable this is. It just doesn't doesn't seem plausible if it's someone in the family who came up under Bill, learned under him, and reported to him to then turn the tables and go, yeah, this is this is actually what we're going to do. What you want, that's not it's not going to happen right now. We're, we're going to do it this way, or we're going to bring in more analytics because this model says this. I believe in that. I've evolved. You tend to reject this stuff. We're going to do it my way. That being said, do you see any way that that actually? happens is there an actionable person if there is a person who would it be that could make that scenario work in a way that again I, if i had to bet no reporting it's probably how robert Kraft wants to do this right it's well from a pr standpoint it's the safest thing for robert to do and i've said yeah. this a 
zillion times over the last whatever. Robert doesn't just like to be loved. He loves to be loved. And he can and his people can put on Bill Belichick, the Tom Brady thing. Well, we, you know, but Robert, you agreed to the contract that said we're not going to franchise you. And you have said repeatedly, we felt like Tom had done so much for us that he earned the right to do what he wants thinking that at the end of the day, he's still going to come back to me because that's what he's always done for, for 20 years. He decided not to. It's a regrettable decision. And look, at the time, I thought it was the right decision. I thought sticking with Bill over Tom made sense because I thought Bill had more time. And I thought Bill's ability to run the program, um, whatever, was greater than it is at this point. Well, we we don't have to do the revisionist history in this, though. Like, I, I just... The Brady thing, I think, is fair. Like, it's important that Robert doesn't want to be the guy that shoot away Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback. And then four but years I don't later. Think the, so, but, yeah, but I don't think he wants – so So when I, I – the other thing I keep saying, and it's like it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, but until he does it, I'm not going to believe he's going to do it because I think Robert is sentimental. I don't think Jonathan is, but I think Robert is, and I think Robert still has the hammer. I mean, I think Jonathan does a lot of stuff on the day-to-day, but this decision is still going to be Robert's decision. and. Quite frankly, he's in his 80s. It might be the last big hire that Robert makes, the last I steered the program in the, back in the right direction again. And I think there is fear that I'm going to get stuck with this, and then he's going to go someplace else, Atlanta, Nashville, Chicago, whatever, Washington, and all of a sudden a year or two, he's going to do what Tom did. And he's going to be standing there in front of everybody with the freaking Lombardi trophy, and my program is going to be 6-11, and 11, and we're going to be looking at, well, maybe we need another – Maybe we need another change. Maybe we need to find another guy. There's a fear there that I think there shouldn't be at this point because you're, again, four and a half years of eh. But he's an 80-something-year-old man, and he's sentimental, and I think this is not the easiest thing to do. I agree um, to, to an extent. And just to put a bow on what do you I have a name? Earlier. Do you have a name that you think can actually make it work? <sighs> <laughs> I need See, to I pull myself out of the rabbit hole. The, the Brady point I get from a, a legacy standpoint to a degree, again. But the decision in the moment was, was justifiable from the sense of he was going to come back and throw to Demir Bird and Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi. Like the version of Tom Brady in the second half of the 2019 season was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I understand he had a lot more in the tank, but he had more in the tank when he was surrounded by much better players which Bill could not afford to him given their cap situation and given his track record and history of investing at those positions. Wasn't going to happen. Letting go of Brady at that time made sense. It's a bummer in some sense that Brady absolutely won the breakup, then won the reunion. What happened, happened. I don't think you can look at that in the same way you wouldn't hold on to a toxic, broken relationship and be like, well, what if they get married in a year? Am I going to feel bad? No, live your life. Split, wash your hands. If Bill goes on, good for him, given everything that he did here. As far as answering my own question and not yours, which we're just like passing back and forth. Um, it's your turn. I, uh-huh. I have a couple names. <laughs> okay. But what I fear is exactly what you outlined. Like Bill intimidating this person and pushing his way to get final say in a way that maybe gets back to the crafts, maybe doesn't. But people who want to get back into the game as GMs, like a John Robinson, maybe a Bob Quinn, that aren't in there right now, have the ties, maybe the trust of the crafts. I don't know how the crafts feel about either of those candidates, or honestly, their interest level. But there are people who have a little leverage right now. 
and Bill might be able to, as Patricia supposedly did in Detroit, not roll over, but be able to still get his way, even if the first few months we're going to pretend like, no, this was their call. Mm-hmm. So they're not new names, but it would have to be someone in the family, right? Yeah, and I'm so just not on that <laughs> thought thing. I just can't. I just can't. It still comes back to me the fact that they're going to look at him. Even if you're Bob Quinn and you've been removed from this place for 10 years, John's been removed from this place for whatever, 8, 10 years. It's still Bill. I still, I got my job because of the success we had as an organization, but you're the greatest coach. How much did I really have to do with that? I might have scouted that guy. I might have recommended this, but like in general, you put this thing together and I was, it doesn't sound great, uh, but I was riding your coattails a little bit. I mean, at least John went out and built his own program and had success building his own program before it fell off. What does Bob Quinn have to, like, didn't, that roster was never any good. And then when he decided to move on to Matt, then it just imploded. Right. And I, you know, again, it, I, I think people change to a degree. I don't know what John Robinson has been up to. I know Bob Quinn, I believe, has been in Cleveland, and that's a very different front office. Uh, hails from the Eagles model. They're deep into analytics. Like, there's probably a pitch there to say, hey, your blind spots, I will shine a light on and we'll fix right away. Like, resources, information, the processes, the systems. Again, it's a different pitch to Robert in a meeting once or twice versus day to day to day with Bill. But you just couldn't bring in, if you're going to have a GM, someone who hails from a different philosophy and system and beliefs, even like scouting process and grades. Um, what Bill does, if Bill's a head coach, because you just need those two people in alignment. Okay, so you and I are in agreement that it's really hard to see a GM coming in here and handing off the keys for all the reasons we just said. And so I just come back to, I think it's a waiting game. And whether this gets ugly or not, Bill is, as you said, drawn a line in the sand. And they'll probably take some time. I think they owe it to each other to take some time and try to negotiate or sway the other. But I think ultimately, I don't have a timeline on this, they were going to end up where they likely started, which is it's probably best to move on. The Crafts don't want to fire Belichick, but look, Stacey James gets paid good money for good reason. They can put out some kind of statement on their own if they really want to and have to massage it unilaterally. Yeah, it, it, I agree with this because I, 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 I haven't been of the mind that it was going to happen quickly. And when the report on the broadcast yesterday with Glazer was like, I think it's going to happen quickly. And then it was, but then there was the caveat. Well, unless there's a trade, like to me, this is all part of the process of negotiating, which is why I felt like it was going to take some time. Um, but, and this was my argument about the idea of, you know, some people floated, well, maybe in the last four to six weeks, he helped sway them in the other direction or gave them pause, you know, like the team was responding to him. And, uh-huh. I, and I will say this, I think there are players that did respond to him. Oh, yes. I think absolutely. there are a lot of, but I think there are a lot of those guys that were responding to the fact that they're free agents <laughs> or they have no guaranteed money on their contract. And I'm sorry that it's a, it's a beautiful narrative that all oh, these guys, they no, they played hard to build to the end. Yeah, there definitely were some, but I think there were a lot that said, I don't give a damn who coaches me. I got to get a contract. And if I put out crappy film on top of the crappy film that I already put, then the chances of me getting the contract I want continue to diminish. So, you know, or, hey, I'm also, maybe I'm not auditioning for Bill. Maybe I'm auditioning for Gerard. Maybe I'm auditioning for, 
I don't know, Josh McDaniels, who's back in the area and is watching our games and probably has access to all the film. Like, maybe I, I just, so I, I, I agreed to that, that fact a little bit, but I think it got way overblown. It's one of those easy narratives. Like, I'm playing hard for Bill. No, I think they're playing hard for themselves and their bank accounts. That's what I think. And it can be both. Right, like it could be 10% Bill, and then you're playing mostly for yourself, but it's technically true when you say, no, I'm going hard to play for that man. And look, it's hard to play football, anything less than fully motivated, okay? Which isn't to say that guys give the same level of effort every week in and week out, but just simply for your safety at a sport played at 100 miles an hour with collisions in every play between some of the greatest, strongest athletes in the world, you have to be paying attention and have to want that to keep going. So whether it's a little bit for Bill, mostly for themselves or not, whatever, but... I want to end on this as far as Bill goes, because we brought up Atlanta and Atlanta matters, not necessarily in a way that the interest might be mutual, but that's a little leverage for Bill saying, "Okay, well, I could go there. Like that's an owner who wants me, a market that needs me, a team that has (laughs) already stabilized my weakest positions as an evaluator. Got a good running back. Got a good tight end receivers. Not a problem. I just need to do everything else. I'm okay at pretty much everything else. Even if he doesn't want to go there, that's there for him to point to. The other part about this waiting game is of how long this goes. Might depend on a football game down in Texas that will kick off just after 4 o'clock between the Cowboys and the Packers. And I was not of the mind all season that Bill would go to Dallas in any kind of way because Mike McCarthy's there. They're playing well. They've got a good record. Bill wants personnel control. However, in light of the last comment that we just deliberated and went through, that he might be willing to give up personnel control – that is a front office, given what I understand is a good relationship with Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones from Belichick. And one he respects from an eye for talent, always bring up the pro bowlers when they play them now seemingly once every two years, that he would probably have a say and be okay not with having final say, as Bill Parcells did, which is another little bit of beautiful symmetry here. What do you think about Dallas? If they lose on Sunday, that Bill wants to wait and drag this out, if anything, just to give his, his market a chance to balloon a little bit. I don't think there's any question. And Dallas is a situation that I'm sure he looks at and says, well, I can get the record pretty fast there. Yes. Like yeah. that's doable. And oh, I could get the trophy and then shove it up all your hindquarters in New England that doubted me and thought that I should be gone and wanted to turn it over to Mayo or someone else. And like the whole notion, like, um, absolutely. I mean, that, and look, they're going to, they have a, they're going to run into a decisions where they have to make about certain players, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, in terms of can they pay all these guys the big dollars. I think Jerry will figure out a way to do it. And <laughs> Compare those decisions to, hey, do we want right. to bring back Anthony Jennings? And that's yeah. not meant to be slander for Anthony Jennings. No, it's just no. hold Micah yeah. Parsons in one hand and a guy who's been one of the best edge defenders, at least in the AFC as far as the tape that I've watched, and Anthony Jennings had a career year. But like yep. – the talent is is not comparable. Like, of course, you would take those problems in Dallas versus the ones in New England. Anyway, sorry, continue. Well, there 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 are some that believe that Bill wanted to draft Micah Parsons a few years ago. Oh, so oh, now I get to work with the guy that maybe the 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 closest thing to LT, you know, I, and which I think is a stretch, but whatever. Like his name does get brought up in in conjunction with LT. Yeah, sure, that's attractive, and think what I can do with that guy. Think of the things that I can do. Think of the nightmares I can cause for opposing offenses. And that's what I do. And then I already got a guy who can run the offense. And if I can get him to he did a better job cutting down the turnovers this year, I can just get him to play at that level. Got an elite receiver in CD lamb. Oh, 
We'll, I, I guarantee, Jerry, we'll be, we'll be in the NFC Championship game. Guarantee you. Lock it, like up. Lock it up. Villainous hand rubbing. Oh, easy goes yeah. on the roster, right? Yeah. Like that's just everything I could do. You start looking at the t- the, and look, we talked about it when way back in whatever late September, early October, when they played that game. Just leading up to it, you're like, you put these rosters side by side. And we didn't know that this was what it was going to look like. We we were all still of the mind that ah, seven, eight, nine wins. Like it's possible. There's they, they might win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Um, and then you and then you watched it play out. You were there. We were there. That beautiful stadium. Great facilities, by the way. Easy to sell. Um, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, not even a comparison. That place is ready to win. Uh, the owner's got more money than he knows what to do with. Yeah, I can get the record in two years. Let the Johnny Walker Blue flow, Mike Chiari. <laughs> yes. Jerry Jones, big fan of his scotch. Yes. Okay, moving on. You had a tweet today. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. scotch. <laughs> uh, I love scotch. Um, yes. Stop speaking Spanish to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know how old that reference is. This is part of getting we've old. Literally been here. Was... Ron, we've literally been here the entire time. <laughs> 2005. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you had a Ron tweet Burgundy. today. You got to watch it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Anchorman. And as you were wont to do, you tweet these things out that I just, I miss. And somehow they pop up in the following feed or they're like retweeted by someone else. I'm like, how did I not see this from Jardy, which has some sort of insight or angle or, oh, I wish I had seen this basically a lot earlier. And your tweet today was, which is both a combination of just a small delight and a little bit annoying. Quote, <laughs> I cannot stress enough. Sorry. How in the dark staffers feel in Foxborough right now. They're operating as they would under normal circumstances, but have a cloud of uncertainty hanging over their heads. A number of coaches are in the final year of their contracts. So between that and Belichick's situation, don't know if they should be shipping off resumes and getting boxes to clean out offices or if it's time to hunker down for one last chance to fix this. What can you add to this cloud of uncertainty and the coaches kind of being you know, stuck in purgatory here as we wait the decision on Bill Belichick. I'll just say this, it, that, 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 that the people that I talked to that gave me that sort of information and that feeling, it's a different feeling than the one they had six weeks ago. I think six weeks ago that even though it wasn't great, they were like, that the feeling was it's still Bill. We'll figure out a way to go on a little bit of a run here. And this, this like, you guys are all crazy and this will just be nonsense. And then, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's us. Maybe there's the hearing the constant deluge of talk about Bill's future and having him field questions about it in press conferences made it more real. But there definitely is that feeling like, I don't really know which way this is going to go. And in fact, if I had to guess, it's probably not going to be here. And, you know, as usual with the jackhammers on, uh, on X and whatever, you know, you get the people, oh, whatever, it's like, uh, not sorry. That was a, was that a good imitation? The, 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 I don't do it so again. I, I never, yeah, I don't know that I could. It was in the moment. I just felt it. Maybe it'll yeah. come back later, but like, <laughs> I'm not getting, I don't care whether you feel bad for them or not, but I think there are people that don't have the right perception of what these guys lives are like and what's at stake here. A lot of these guys aren't making a million dollars or half a million dollars. So like you take away the check, just happened to me not too long ago. You take away the check and it's like, okay, I got bills to pay and mouths to feed. And like, 
Well, here's I the think, thing. I, I don't even want to stop at the half million dollars because a lot of people would hear that and go, oh, I would take 200. Like, that's not a problem. It's more to the point of you were underpaid in New England. You come yes. to New England, you take the Belichick yeah, discount yep. to learn and work for him. And if there's not a payoff of telling your wife or family or kids or any kind of people that you were there to support that I could make more, but I want to be here. I want to live here. I want to work a couple extra hours per day under him. There will be a payoff for us long term. And there's no payoff. Okay. Obviously, you're financially set, or you should be, unless you're just absolutely burning money away. But that shakes you in a foundational kind of way. Work life, your family life, if there is no payoff in this uncertainty, because as we've seen, guys are getting fired and they're on to their next job already, or letting their agents for virtually all of these coaches do that work. But if they're going to say hit pause because Bill hasn't sorted out his business, then they're losing time, which means they're then losing more money. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and look, I understand your point, and I get that. I, I'm glad you clarified it. But I always say to people, like, you can't look at sports money versus what you you know you make selling insurance or being a sports writer or whatever it is that you do. Like, th- there's different levels of it. But okay, this is what I'm making. You become into that, like, okay, so I'm making this. Is on, I've made this three years, four years in a row. Th- now you start to live that life, even if you're being frugal. You're still like. Okay, I have this. I'm putting this in the bank. Now, all of a sudden, the opportunities are starting to dry up because this, as we think, is going to drag on. Maybe you're taking a lesser job. Maybe you don't even get the job in the league. Maybe you have to go to cop. Like, there's so many things that can happen, the trickle-down effect. And for Bill, I don't think it's going to be all that difficult to find a job because he's Bill. I think some of these other guys, especially the ones that came here recently, what did you guys do when you were there? Did you? Oh, you went to the one playoff game? Oh, you lost by 30? Like, oh, you were 4-13 and 13 this year? They don't have – there's not this big shine on these guys. Like, no one's coming in here saying, I got to pluck this guy, I got to pluck this guy, I got to pluck this guy. I mean, it, it, whatever. I was going to make that noise again, but I, I didn't want to do it again. I, I, I thought I might have hurt my throat. No, it was that a last spectacular one. floor routine, and then you face-planted on the dismount. That's the, I, I, just, I was right there, and I, no, nah, I don't do it. Finnish, Finnish judge is, is very upset with you. The Russian judge just left. You're not even getting a score for, from them. Um, yeah, look, I, what I can add to this is that there are multiple assistants, as you said in your tweet, uh, that are in contract years. And their contracts are going to be up in days, if not weeks. Uh, weeks, if not days. And they are on offense. They are on defense. They are on special teams. And given the performance of the team, you at home might be happy. But again, I would encourage you just to empathize with people who are going to be looking for work and have their timeline taken out of their hands to a degree over the next couple of days. And that's all. I'm not asking for any extra empathy um, for these folks who have earned more money than you you or I will probably ever see. But it's an unusual dynamic and it makes life difficult in a way that yeah, they can go on preparing for 2024, but they all lived 4-13. and 13. Most of them have lived 29-38 and 38 over the last four years, and they understand the reality of their business dictates whether your contract's up or not. Those people are gone. And so that's what they're banking here, though, and still betting on Bill. Um, and it's uh, – look, you had one coach jump ship for a lateral job at Syracuse where he's, mm-hmm. you would hope making more money, uh, but already left. A small staff – and it's just it's, – it's a little shaky. Um, the locker room, though, you, you kind of touched upon this. I, I think the, the, the players, the labor, the product get lost in this conversation between Bill, the assistants, future dynamic trades, blah, blah, blah. What has been your sense talking to guys, maybe even outside the locker room, of just where their head has been at the last few weeks? Because I, I think that's an important 
final piece to this picture here. Well, I did want to say when I, when I when you sent me the rundown, um, I was thinking this was going to go a different way, but I did want to say like it, and I know there was a lot of talk about Matthew Slater yesterday, mm. but like it didn't it didn't resonate the same way because we all spent our attention and our focus on the head coach and where the program is going and what's going to happen and what's next. And yeah, people wrote stories about Matthew Slater and they might've wrote written stories about David Andrews um, being the only guy to play hundred percent of the snaps and the emotion that he spoke with yesterday and, you know, telling us that, you know, he's going to have to think about it. We all believe he's going to come back, but like there was real emotion. Like that's the kind of stuff the the human aspect of it that, gets lost in this because we're all hyper-focused on this one thing. And you can say, well, you still could write the story. Well, we, we did write the story. We did. Most of you just don't, most of you didn't spend the time reading it. You spent your time on the other stuff. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it doesn't carry the same weight that it normally would have. So that, that bummed me out a little bit. I mean, I understand that's the way it works, but like, I would have liked to have honored those guys and the effort. Some of those guys gave um, in much greater detail than we were able to do in the last 24 hours and, and just talking to them, like, look, I think there are definitely guys and and you mentioned it, uh, that the, you said 10% that they're playing for him. Like there are, there are guys that definitely feel a great sense of loyalty to Bill. I mean, David's clearly one of those guys, yes. right? Like, um, and if Bill's not here, that's a bummer because that's what you've known. And while it's a pain in the ass to play for, you did experience success until recently. And, Maybe it works for you. David Andrews probably says what Bill taught me, what Scar taught me before as, as an assistant have things that have allowed me to be in the league when no one thought I should be in the league. When I was an undrafted guy, uh, when you, even you in your first year replaced me with Brian Stork when I was playing well, because Stork had a, a greater upside and he was a draft pick and I wasn't. Um, so I think there is some of that, but I think by and large, What's next? What's next for me? What's next for us? If you hire this guy, if I go out and play the way I'm capable of, if the system works for me, then it's great. And I'm not really going to, I'm not going to worry about it too much. And I will say, I think that they're, especially on the defensive side, I think there are plenty of guys that have great respect for Mayo. And if Mayo was the in-house choice and decision that they would be like, okay, cool. You know, like I know what this guy's about. Uh, unless he changes dramatically from this role to the other. And obviously there will be some change being in charge of the entire program. But like, if he still treats me the way he did before, then I'm confident that this is going to work out for me and work out for us. So um, I just think it's the nature of the beast, right? I don't, I don't think they're, that they have because of, because of the business side of it, as Jabril Peppers told us, he found he ought to get traded from Cleveland in the OB J trade, right? Via Twitter. Like, that's just the nature of, of the deal. Like, cool to get to work with Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time. But if it's someone else, I still got to play hard. I still got to earn my dollars, and I still got to get my next check. Yep, because that's business. It's not personal. And if you want a personal touch, I mean, you spoke about the lessons David Andrews took from Bill Belichick and Dante Scarnecchia. I did a whole story on this. Going around the locker room, uh, I think I had nine guys quoted, talked to some more, but you only have so much space. In a newspaper in 2024 – and it just said, what did Bill mean to you? And Josh Uche yep. is talking about, I don't have kids yet, but the stuff I learned here, the stuff I learned at work, I will pass on to them because of how it shaped me. So there is – That was a there, great quote. It, it pains me to tell you that, but that was a, that was a great quote. <laughs> Thank you. I made it up all That's myself. Yeah. Um, well, I, I figured. I wasn't going <laughs> to say no, that. Josh, you gave yourself away. Incredibly thoughtful um, yeah. guy in Josh Uche. 
So yes, very smart, very smart fella. I'm glad you brought up Matthew Slater. Frankly, though, I don't have much more to add, except for I also wish he had more of a send-off, and they made an effort, showed him on the video board a whole lot, the sweatshirts, the tributes from Bill, from players. During the week we asked about him, I wrote another story about Matthew Slater's speeches um, and what they've meant and why they've meant more this season, which I think is self-evident, but nonetheless, more good quotes. Thank you, Kyle Tucker. Uh, talking about him glowing in the middle. I will say, though, the losing also swept up Devin McCourty, who was supposed to have a, a send-off at halftime, of the Monday night game against the Chiefs, as we all remember, that got flexed. And so mm-hmm. his tribute had to be changed. And there's a lot that's been lost in the Bill shuffle. But ultimately, when it comes down to head-to-head, who gets the tiebreaker between Bill possibly leaving and any player, as great as they are, Matthew Slater, maybe Hall of Famer, certainly Hall of Fame human being, uh, Bill wins that every single time. So speaking of Bill, it has been put to me, uh, another one of your little, your little tweets, <laughs> using the word modernize, that yes. from people who have been in the front office and left, people who have heard things about the front office, that there are things there that are missing from a resource standpoint. Uh, from yeah, I've brought up analytics a bunch of times. I wrote about sports science and how they don't necessarily invest as much as other teams. And I would say the results speak for themselves. Again, 29 and 38. You've written about the same modernizing set. I mean, what else can we add here besides even if Bill stays, even if they bring in a GM, even if this works, there's kind of an infrastructure update or refreshing or rejuvenation that needs to happen anyway. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, no, you're you're 100% right. And I think that's some of the push and pull that you have as well with the idea of if you're if you feel like you want to bring Bill back, how do how do you get it to that place? And I think when I first started to hear the word, I think that's before Mayo had, you know, whatever, the quotes about Mayo being, rubbing people the wrong way. That So there was still a plenty of shine on Gerard, which some of that's been kicked off, although I think Gerard handled himself very well in his sort of responses to the, to that story a couple very weeks sad. later. But the notion that <clears throat> ownership looks at Gerard and sees Bill to a certain degree, and I don't mean the gruff uh, – the, that exterior, the, it's my way, the highway, uh, you know, like, but sort of a modern, uh, again, a modernized version of Bill that, that has the business acumen that he did and that that props him up in the in Mayo up in their eyes. Like he went somewhere else and he had some success and now he's come back here and quickly climbed up the hill, you know, to, to show us that th- this is going to be a head coach, whether it's here or, or somewhere else in the relatively near future. And I, I, so it's hard for me to say without sort of attaching it to Gerard, because that's maybe the first time that I started to hear that. But it's little things, too. Like, can you imagine you bring in someone who says we're going to we're investing way more in analytics? How many times would they have had to buzz the electric shock collar on Belichick when he decided to when he decided to punt at the 50 yard line or from the 45 going in? Or, hey, even when you're down 17 points and you probably don't have a chance like well, who gives a damn if we lose by 30 or we lose by, like, maybe just take a shot. Maybe we catch lightning in a bottle. The other, Oh, wow, they, they, they went for it. They got it. Oh, wow, they scored. Now it's a 10-point game. Get a little tight. Maybe Belichick still got the magic. Like, you don't know. Instead, Bill just kicked the ball. Just kicked the ball again. Like, Well, I mean analytics even, you know, because Ernie Adams handled some of that, right? Nevin Rothstein sure. did for a little bit. I don't think he has those duties anymore from what I've been told. Um, but it's more integrating them into their draft processes where I'm asking like, Hey, how much is this involved? And it doesn't have to be, you know, a bunch of nerds with a lot of math. It's just timing 
or how quickly. I don't want to know about your bench press reps. It's Nick Casario talked about this. It's Sloan. How quickly are you getting it off of your chest, which mimics the same motion of shooting your hands out for a block or a pass rush move. Like that yep. kind of force that you're generating, shooting your hands off of your chest or from this position, that matters. Are the Patriots measuring those things? Are they using the tracking data to understand the separation in college and how much that correlates or translates to the NFL when looking at receivers or running backs who generate X amount of missed tackles per rush? Like not all of this is so complicated. And yet right. the, the default has just been to rely on Bill and his decision-making. When you're a genius, which he is and remains, that works out more often than not. But when you start well, to I, regress, it, it shows yeah. big time because everything is built around him. And so when he sinks, it takes everything down with him. Well, how many times and how many times did you write the story about winning in the margins? And oh, to yeah. me, what you're talking about is, again, it's sort of winning in the margins. It, you don't always – yes, the, the end result on – comes on Sunday or Monday night or whenever you're playing, wins and losses. But what does it take to get there? And could you have found yourself a little advantage in the draft in April um, in free agency or even on your own roster? Maybe you're underutilizing someone that if you looked at the right data or if maybe the coach just got it out of his head that this is the way it has to be and you just listen to a new idea and we're willing to tweak it, which is something that when he was rolling, he did, but – I, again, I always the default is he had Tom. If you were close and you had Tom, you were you were, you had a good chance of pulling those games off. But like I think that they've lost a lot of games now in the margins. And when he sits there and tells us whatever it was four weeks ago or five weeks ago, again calculated how many one score games that we've been in, how many one score losses that we've been in. Like yeah, dude, right. And you used to win those games, and again you won them because you had Tom. But you also you won the. You outlasted teams. You outsmarted teams. How many times did we do? I mean, they, they, they did a segment on the radio, right? Like it was Zolak and Bertrand. Like the other team is stupid. Like because you were smarter than them and you just waited them out sometimes. You put pressure on them until they cracked. And now you're the one that cracks. But you're still walking around thinking you're the smartest guy in the room. And you're not. And it's okay to not be. You had a hell of a run. But you could tweak it. Maybe you could find that way. And he hasn't been willing to do that. Even – Go back to what the Cole Strange pick, right? And, and why am I drawing a blank on the the athletic measurements there? Like, is this a, are they changing the way they're doing things? Because Cole's this kind of like freaky athlete, and like, no, no, they just went back to doing the same things that they've always done. That might have been the outlier, and then guess what? The outlier, he's, he's okay. Well, he's and fine. it's and, you know he's right to have that confidence, you know. Right, you guys, the resume speaks for itself. I've called him many times and believe it, greatest coach of all times. I've also heard un- un- stories question. in the draft room where they'll build the board and you come around to the third or fourth round and you see who's on up next. Top-rated player, graded on everything. Months and months, years of work goes into this. And he looks and just goes, you're that guy who's two columns over and just pulls them. And you can't say anything because he's Bill Belichick and you trust that intuition. Clearly, intuition has failed to your point. And so what I would say is you modernize the processes. Also, one thought on the one-score games, it's it's a fair point that stuff tends to normalize 500 record over a period of time. They're 4-8 and eight, uh, or 4-9, whatever it is this year. Not all one-score games are made equal when you are losing to the Giants and the Jets mm-hmm. and the Commanders and the Raiders. As far as the, the GM, um, I'd heard from someone. That was, weird, by the way, he, that was just quickly. Yeah. Maybe of all the things that he said this year in press conferences, that might have been the one that rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> the most. 
That is, I that just is didn't a, like it. A favorite phrase well, just, in your place of work. I just, it just, the whole league is about one score games. Like legitimately. That's why it's, it's the parody. And like, we're looking at the, you look at the, uh, the AFC who's okay. Baltimore, they've got the, but like, if you told me Cleveland was going to come out of the AFC, I, I could, I could be bought that. I could, you could sell that on me. I've seen them be awesome this year at times. Like the whole league is built around that. So don't give me that because that's, that's pretty much every game. Every week is a one score game. So it's crap. That, I, that's <laughs> um, stupid. Two episodes I mean, I ago, stupid, but not that stupid. I got a mailbag question and it asked this, who is the grumpiest member of the Patriots beat? And why <laughs> is it Mike Giardi? That is just fairly. And accurate. here it is, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to wrap up though. And I'll just say this and speaking about the processes and analytics and could bill coexist with the GM, could he stay or is he going to go? I know the crafts have done some homework as far as front office candidates and putting out some feelers. Again, this is not something I can really expound upon anymore, which is why I've not written it just yet. But they didn't waste the last two months going, oh, maybe it'll turn around now, as Robert supposedly believed it might in Germany when they fell on their yep. place, their face. And supposedly soon after that, conversations were had and a decision was made. We don't know, as it is now, 5.30 Monday night. But I think they are prepared in a way that they should have been. I think Bill is prepared in a way that he can certainly back channel through his agent, which yes, he has one. It's been the same guy for decades. Okay. And understand what his market is when he goes into this meetings, uh, these meetings, having already drawn, as you said, a battle line, is there anything else that we have not covered from today or the last couple of weeks you think is pertinent to what might come next? No, but I do want to say that the, I, 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 we were talking about the tweet about the staffers and being uncertain and talking about the money and people don't quite understand or don't want, like, that's more money than I made. I even, if you don't have empathy for those people or anyone who loses a job, like, I'm going to have empathy for Bill Belichick, even though I think Bill Belichick's fine. Like, he's fine. He made, he's made a crap ton of money. He owns half of Nantucket. He's got, like, seven other houses. The dude is fine. He doesn't <laughs> have to work another day in his life. He doesn't want to. But even then, like, to watch the way this played out and to see how just it was sad. Like the last game was sad. There was 35,000 people in the stands like for Bill Belichick's last game. And I get the weather sucked and it was miserable. And I got, and they lost the game. They played like crap, like they've done for a better part of the year. But like that sucked. It's like, and I understand like, very few people get to go out on top. John Elway is like the, you know, he, he won Super Bowls and then he retired. Like, you usually don't get to call your shot and walk off into the sunset. For as great as Brady was, last year wasn't awesome. And then he retires. But, like, I don't know. I wanted there to be more. I felt like he deserves more. People think that we – you wrote a column about this, and I was, I was glad that you did. Like, people think we hate him. Oh, he's driven me nuts. <laughs> I think he's incredibly frustrating to deal with. I don't hate Bill Belichick. I don't, I don't stay up at night scheming of ways to get Bill Belichick. Like, just don't. That, I, I got to watch a lot of awesome football for over two decades. And that will never change. And he was partly responsible for that. He was the architect of it. So, like, to me, I, I wish there was something better. I wish there could have been 68,000 in the stands chanting for Bill, you know, applauding him, him acknowledging it. And maybe that'll come down the road if they build him a statue and – you know, whatever, but in the moment, and I guess I don't know how it would have worked, but in the moment, it just, it just felt kind of empty. Felt like you deserved more. 
I think that is exceptionally well put, and only because you mentioned my column. Um, <laughs> no, it's very it, good. It, like it's very, it was very good. It, it's truly well said by you. I think it deserves a mention at the end because, again, we talk about roster management, um, you know, poor coaching and results, and all these different things. The bottom line is. You know, we should all choose gratitude at the end. And that's what that column was about. You know, before you say goodbye, say thank you. And that's decision, that choice, like a lot of choices, is a reflection on, you know, us as writers or reporters or you as a person or maybe you as a coach. And if Bill is forced to say goodbye, it sounds like, I don't know for sure, but I would guess, knowing Robert for all the reasons we discussed, he will have the opportunity to say goodbye in a way that will be more mutual than it won't be. Bill's choices in the past have been more grudge-like. And that's his prerogative. That's absolutely what he wants to do. It will be really interesting, understanding he will come back and we'll all praise him and it'll be the greatest of all time statue and all that, how he chooses to end this. Because when you go back to Tom Brady, it was showing up to Robert Kraft's house, informing him then, hug it out in person, um, an Instagram post, a lot of gratitude there at the end. And so I wish Bill had something better, certainly than losing to the Jets, so there's a lot of snowy symmetry in there. As far as what happened next, though, he has a lot of control over that more than what happens at a football game. And that says a lot for a head football coach with as much power as he does. And I hope that if this is the end, this is the exit, it goes better than a snowy 17 to 3 loss to the Jets. And I'm not sure that it won't be even messier than that. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I have my fingers crossed that it, it, it will be nicer and cleaner, but. Our history with Bill tells us that the grudge will be held and it might take a little while to get over. And I just hope it, if that's the case, that it gets over long enough for the sides to come together and hug it out two years from now, whenever it is like, that's what I hope for. Yeah. Well, congrats to us. We made it through. I have one X Twitter notification right now. It has to do with the Panthers requesting permission to speak with some guy I've never heard of and we don't care about. So we made it through. Bill is still the head coach and GM of the Patriots. No decision. We will post this. Hopefully you can enjoy at home. And I would just ask, uh, again, choose some gratitude for everyone who's listened to rate and review on iTunes because we are eternally grateful uh, there and it helps us grow. And this has been a lot of fun. Thanks to guests like Mike, who I think is our most popular guest and one of the people's most uh, popular guests. So thank you, sir. I will be bugging you again. I yeah. have a question for you before you sign off. Fire away. Because I hijacked the end of this. <laughs> Michigan or Michigan or Washington? Okay, well, by the time people listen to this, that game's going to be over. But I will be on the record first. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm just saying the Russian judge just gave me the bird as she did for you 15 <laughs> minutes ago with your own dismount, this podcast. Okay, fine. Go dogs, beat Michigan, and I hope Michael Penix pulls away and that receiving core, which is a ton of fun. Um, gives one bird from the Pac-12 on the way out. Not that I really care about the conferences. I think that caring about the conferences in college football is so silly and overrated. I spent all year hating these teams, and then as soon as it's over, I'm like, oh, no, go, go you. Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're blood brothers. Anyway, I like Washington. Have a, a soft spot for the city of Seattle. I think what they've done is awesome. Incredible story. Go Dogs. I like it. I'm with you. And then uh, John Harbaugh is the next coach of the gym. Oh, my God. Harbaugh has no one in – <laughs> this goes for current NFL coordinators. No one has worked harder to be an NFL head coach yes. the last three, four years from things that I've heard than, than Jim Harbaugh. That, that's it. That dude wants out. He has wanted out, and I think he will get out as soon as that game is over. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Go dogs. Go dogs. I'm with you. Go dogs. See ya.